This podcast is sponsored by Faithful Counseling. What's up, guys? It's your girl, Victoria J. from 12th Street Talk Back and Morning Inspirations. Did you guys pour into yourself? I hope you poured into yourself today. If not, sometimes we can need a little bit more pouring. And today, I'm here to offer you just that. With my new friends and partners, Faithful Counseling. You all always hear me talk about partnering with my Christian Conrads and Christ and always needing that extra shoulder to lean on as well as my faith. Well, today you can take comfort in having that exact same partner with Faithful Counseling. Thank you, Faithful Counseling, for sponsoring this podcast. With Faithful Counseling, you will get access to your needs and you'll be matched with your own licensed professional therapist who is a practicing Christian. That's right, who is a practicing Christian. You can talk to your therapist however you feel comfortable, whether it's text, chat, phone, or video call. And you can message your therapist at any time to schedule live sessions when it's convenient for you. And if your therapist isn't the right fit for any reason, you can switch to a new therapist at no additional cost. With Faithful Counseling, you get the same professionalism and quality you can expect from in-office therapy, but with a therapist who is custom-picked for you. More scheduling, flexibility, and at a more affordable price. Get 10% off your first month at FaithfulCounseling.com slash 12th Street Talk Back. That's FaithfulCounseling.com slash 12th Street Talk Back. I've also linked it in the description below. Let's start pouring into yourself today with your new partner at Faithful Counseling. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to Morning Inspirations. I hope everybody's feeling blessed on this beautiful Friday morning that God has decided to give us breath this morning. Let's go ahead and give him some praise right where you're at. If you have to pull over, if you're driving, give him some praise. If you got to step away because you're working, give him some praise right where you're at. And if you're at home, you should be giving the loudest praise that you know how. When praises go up, blessings come down. Heavenly Father, we come boldly towards the throne this morning. We thank you for the life that you so freely gave us today. We thank you for breathing breath into our bodies, oh Heavenly Father. We thank you for every working organ and every working limb, oh Heavenly Father. We thank you for the covenant and the hedge of protection that you've already given to us and placed around us, oh Heavenly Father. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for anointing our heads with oil, 
letting the oil get through, O Heavenly Father. Thank you for making our crooked paths straight on this day, Father God, and letting your light shine so ever so brightly before us, Father God. As we go on our way today, Father God, may we hear a word from you, Father God. We command to hear a word from you, O Heavenly Father. We ask, Father God, that you keep us going on this day, that we be the rams in your bush, Father God, that you use us as a vessel, O Heavenly Father, and train us in the way that you want us to go on this day. We give you glory this morning. We give you honor and we give you praise, O Father God. Father God, we thank you for anointing our head with oil this morning. We thank you for restoring our soul, O Heavenly Father. We thank you, Father God, that we don't have to fear no evil this morning, Father God, because you are our fortress. You are our refuge. Father God, we thank you for being our shield and our butler. And most of all, Father God, we thank you this morning that we're able to abide up under your mighty, mighty shadow, Father God. Father God, as we go forth today, Father God, give us a double portion of you, Father God. Fill us up until our cup runs over and overflows, O Heavenly Father. Let us be filled with love and let your light shine ever so brightly through us on this day. Let us take wisdom with our understanding. Give us insight, O Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name, we pray on this day. Amen and amen. So listen, guys, I hope everybody's feeling blessed on this beautiful Friday morning. Get ready to go into your weekend and make it it do what it do. And I hope that you get yourself in a Bible-based church this morning. Uh, Not this morning, on Sunday morning. And fellowship with some like-minded folks. Um, It is not about the building. It's about you going and giving God your praise, keeping his storehouse full, invoking the Holy Spirit to come on in and have its way. When more are together and in agreement, God can do some amazing, amazing, wonderful things. You just have to listen to that small, still voice that's on the inside of you. Ask him for forgiveness. Open up your heart and your mind unto him and let him have his way and he'll come on in and you'll see some wonderful things take place. Don't forget to tell your story. Give someone a testimony. It's not about telling your business. It's about highlighting the things that God brought you through. It gives someone else hope and we know hope and faith work together hand in hand. It's about things around us that we can't see, but we believe wholeheartedly that it will be done. We do not serve a God that shall lie. He cannot lie. If he said it, that means he's going to do it. Not in your time, but in his time. So let's get it, guys. Let's get into chapter 44. We are at 
the point where Joseph, I am at the point where Joseph, and I'm sharing this with you, I feel it necessary, I deem it necessary to just make this one small comment before we jump in. I was Googling the other day, Googling my website. You guys head on over to 12streettalkback.com. You don't have to put a WW in front of it. You don't have to put a HTTPS. All you got to do is custom for us, 12 Street Talk Back. Head on over to our website. Give us review. Take a look at our website. As well as, if you don't have time to jump on your app, you can listen to any of your morning inspirations and any of my regular show right over there on the website. I encourage you guys, please, 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 tell a friend, tell a friend, tell a friend. Go over to the page, rate and follow my page. It helps me with the sponsorship. For many of you that know, I have a sponsorship with Faithful Counseling. I also have one for my regular show, Better Help, and I have Spotify for podcasters. In order to keep my sponsorship, you have to rate the show, listen to the show. 60 seconds counts as a download, but don't cheat. But if you want to just give me that 60 seconds for the day because you don't quite have that time to listen to the whole thing, give me that quick 60 seconds. Give me that rating. Come back to it at another time. But I need your help in making my sponsors happy and maintaining this door that God opened. He gave it to me, freely open. May somebody be able to use it as a tool in their life as well as applying the daily word. But your girl was Googling herself and they had her in Google as a licensed and ordained minister. And I want to clarify that up. I've also clarified it up and sent them a quick email. I am not licensed. I am not an ordained minister. I am just a child of God that has a seat at his table that loves to read the word. I'm so fascinated about the word. I let it get etched across the tables of my heart. I let God feed me what he wants to feed me for that day. I am not licensed or ordained. I'm just a child of God that enjoys telling his story the miracles, the signs, and the wonders, and feeding my soul. And I hope you guys enjoy it too. So I just had to put that out there, had to clarify that. I looked that up, and I I thought that was quite funny. (laughs) You know, they can do so much with this internet stuff. But here it goes. Joseph has taken the fellas in. He has allowed them to wash. He's allowed them. He's given them a change of clothes. His steward has seated them at the table, at a separate table, according to the way in which they, their birthrights from the oldest to the youngest, and he has served them. He has gotten up from his table. Back in the day, it was custom. It was the custom that the Egypts didn't eat 
with the Hebrews. It was abomination, they say. That's what my Matthew Henry tells me. So Joseph has gotten up, served him from his own dish, served them from his own dish, as well as given Benjamin five times more. So we're already starting to see the favoritism. And now we're at the point in verse 44 where he commands his steward of the house, saying, fill the man's sacks with food as much as they can carry and put each money in the mouths of the sacks. So here we go again. He's putting money again into the mouths of the sacks of these young boys. He, he's going to drive them crazy thinking that how is this happening? But the, the steward has already explained it one time that um, he had their money and God, the God of their father, has uh, has rained on them, has shone down on them. So, as, the, as it goes on, he does one extra. He says in verse 2, chapter 44, verse 2, also put the cup, the silver cup, in the mouth of the sack of the youngest and his grain and money. So did he, according to the word that Joseph has spoke. As soon as the morning dawned, the men were sent away, they and their donkey. And when they had gone out of the city and were not yet far off, Joseph said to his steward, Get up, follow the men, and when you overtake them, say to them, Why have you done? Why have you repaid evil for good? Is it not this the one from which my Lord drinks and with which he indeed practiced divination? Divination. I can't say that word, guys. I'm not even going to try to uh, sit up here and pretend. You have done evil in doing so. Divination. That's what it is. (laughs) So he overtook them and he spoke to them these words. And they said to him, why does, uh, let's turn over, my Lord, say these words, for be it far from us that your servants seduce such a thing. So here again, we see Joseph, he's trying to, in this, I am assuming that he tried, he's trying to keep Benjamin there this time for himself. My Matthew Henry tells me that he does bestow love on his brothers in the manner in which he fed them and clothed them and again returned their money to their sacks and again sent them home on their way with food. But again, he's doing this slippery slope thing. And sometimes I feel like, and this is just my version of it, I feel like in this moment... Joseph, he's trying to decide if he really has a forgiving heart for all of his brothers or do he just want to keep Benjamin there with him. Now, our Bible goes on to really explain what happens. But for me, sometimes I get in my brain and I'm thinking, if someone had did all that stuff to me that his brothers have done, and not once but twice have been in my face and don't recognize their own blood, and now they're telling me that they are true men of God from an honest living man, 
I would have questions too, not only for the fact that you did all those things to me and sold me off into a land which I didn't come from and took me away from all of my siblings. I would also harbor, I guess, I believe, a little selfishness. I would want to be protective over my brother, Benjamin. As we see, he's already given him five times the portion. And now we see that he set him up with his drinking cup from the cup in which he he, do, he uses for um, his divine prayer and offering. So we see here that he's got a protectiveness because he still doesn't quite trust those brothers. But the brothers again, and this is not the first time that they are bowing they're kneeling, they're having to defend their honor, they having to defend their character. Everything that Joseph's dream said when he interpreted it, when he told them about it, when he was a young boy, when they threw him in that pit and stripped him of his coat of many colors and sold him off and went back and told that big old tall to their family to his father. Everything is coming back 360. So as we dive a little bit more in this, in chapter 44, verse 8, he says, they say, look, we brought back you from the land of cows, of sacks. How then can we steal silver or gold from the Lord's house? With whomever of your servants it is found, let him die, and we also will be my Lord's slaves. So they're offering up themselves. They just offered up Benjamin and don't even know it. (laughs) They are not the same men in this particular instance. And I notice I said particular instance that they were so, so, so long ago when they took it upon themselves to do so many things, to keep to heap so much coal over the heads of their selves as well as their household and cause their father grief. And he said, Now also let it be according to your words, he with whom it is found shall be my slave, and you shall be blameless. Then each man speedily let down his sack to the ground, and each opened his sack. So he searched, and he began with the oldest and left off with the youngest, and the cup was found. And Benjamin's sack, and they tore their clothes, and each man loaded his donkey and returned to the city. So Judah and his brothers came to Joseph's house, and he was still there. And they fell before him on the ground. And Joseph said unto them, What deed is this you have done? Did you not know that such a man as I can certainly practice? Divination. Divination. I got to get that right, guys. Then Judah said, What shall we say to the Lord? What shall we speak? Oh, how shall we clear ourselves? God has found out the iniquity of your servants. Here we are, my Lord's slave, both we 
and he also whom the cup was found. Judah, Judah, Judah. If it ain't Judah, it's Reuben. If it ain't Reuben, it's Simon. We already know. Maybe that's why they plopped Judah's story right in the middle, in the midst of this story with Joseph. If you guys noticed back when we talked a week or so ago, they plopped Judah's story. They gave us a tidbit of what Judah was up to when he left his family and went to his Dulamite friends and married and had sons. And God wasn't pleased with his sons. They they were born evil. They were evil thought and heart, and God took their life. And then he went on and had that debacle with Tamar and thought he was being slick by laying with a woman. And he had a whole wife at home. But I guess he was so thirsty after this new broad that he done left his signet, his bracelet, and his staff with her. Tamar comes up pregnant, which... Everybody knows that she was his daughter-in-law. She played the harlot, covered her face with a veil, never removed the veil. They slept together. She comes up pregnant. And now he's back home, as we can see in the first part of this, when they went there to Egypt the first time to get corn. He's back at home. I guess he's brought his sorry behind back on home and decided to stay with his family and rest a while. Who knows? Who knows? But Judah is pleading, and he's pleading the case for all him, him and his brothers. If you go on down a little further, he says in chapter 44, verse 18, Then Judah came near him and said, Oh, my Lord, please let your servant speak a word in my Lord's hearing, and do not let your anger burn against your servant, for you are even like Pharaoh. The dream, the dream, the dream dream in which Joseph told them my Lord asked his servants saying have your father a brother and we said to my Lord we have a father an old man and a child his old age who is young his brother is dead and he's also alone is left with his mother's children his father loves him his brother is dead and he alone is left with his mother's children And his father loves him. Then you said to your servants, bring him down to me that I may set my eyes on him. And we said to my Lord, the lad cannot leave his father for he should leave his father. His father will die. But you said to your servants, unless your youngest brother comes down with you, you shall see my face no more. So it was when we went up to your servant, my father, that we told him the words of my Lord. And our father said, go back and buy a little more food. But we said, we cannot go down if our youngest brother is with us. Then we will go down for with us. Then he will go down for we may see the man's face unless our youngest brother is with us. Then your servant, my father, said to us, you know, that my wife bore me two sons. And the one went out from me, and I said, Surely he is torn to pieces, and I have not seen him since. But if you take this one also from me, and calamity befalls him, you should bring down my gray hairs with sorrow to the grave. Therefore, now therefore, when I come to your servant, my father, 
the lad is not with us since his life is bound up in the lad's life. It would happen when he sees that the lad is not with us that he will die so the servant will bring down the gray hairs of your servants, our father, with sorrow to the gray. For your servants became surety for the lad to my father, saying, if I do not bring him back to you, then I shall bear the blame before my father forever. Now therefore, please let your servant remain instead of the lad as a slave to my Lord, and let the lad go up with his brothers. For how shall I go to my father if the lad is not with me, lest perhaps I see the evil that will come upon my father. I felt it necessary to read that whole chapter so that we can get the gist of this whole thing. Isn't it funny how Judah is now pleading the case? He's pleading his case, and I don't imagine that it's more so that he wants to be enslaved. He, as well as his brothers, have realized the heartbreak, the evil, the despair, the curse, they think, the punishment from God that has befallen on their heads. He also has found a little dignity, a little honesty, God's grace and mercy, doing what it do best, having its way in our lives. He will humble us in our lives, whether we want to be humbled or not. You can do it the right way, or you can go about thinking that you're going to do it your way. But when God has his way, there is nothing that you can do about it. You can either freely give in and confess your sins unto him and let him make your crooked path straight, or you can continue to do it your way and continue to keep heaping coals on your own head. This is what we see here. When the servant charged them with the ingratitude, this again was Joseph's way to kind of turn and see what his brothers was all about. He sent them away only to bring them back with a greater fright than he sent them away with. He didn't put his hat, this man put his cup into this young man's, his brother's sack, along with the money. He didn't have his steward, and I imagine a couple more people chase them down when they get halfway out of the city and bring them back. And once again, he's accusing them. First, he accused them of spies. Now, he's accusing them of being thieves. But it's just another way of Joseph. My Matthew Henry tells me it's another way of Joseph wanting to see what his brother's heart and mind was made of.
He wanted to see. My Matthew Henry tells me, Joseph heats further kindness upon his brothers, fills their sack and returns their money, and sends them away full of gladness. But he also exercises with them further trials. Joseph ordered his steward to put a fine silver cup which he had had into Benjamin's sack mouth that it might seem as if he had stolen it from the table and put it there himself after the corn was delivered to him. How the pretended criminals were pursued and arrested on the suspicion of having a stolen silver cup, the steward charged them with ingratitude. How they pleaded for themselves, solemnly protested their enemy innocence and offered to submit to the severest punishment if they should be found guilty. How the theft was fastened upon Benjamin and the cup was found in his sack. They dare not array Joseph's justice, nor for as much as it's been suggested, perhaps he had put the money in the cup in their sack as well. But here, this act was for them to have to throw themselves upon Joseph's mercy. Here, they had to humble themselves to a submission. They had to acknowledge the righteousness of God. My Matthew Henry tells me that they had to surrender themselves and Joseph's dream has been accomplished to the utmost. He gives the sentence as we go on. And he tells them, Look, listen, I'm not going to hold all of y'all like I did the last time and I put y'all in prison for three days and kept your brother. This time, I'm only going to hold the one that is to blame. And here goes Judah standing up for his brother, which he should have done so many, many years ago for the one that he not knowingly is standing in front of. And that is what we all should do. First and foremost, you acknowledge the power of God and his righteousness and his grace and his mercy because he's still in the room. He's still in the blessing business. You're going to bow that knee whether you want to or not. But these older brothers, instead of being jealous of their younger brother, that at that time just was telling his dream. At that time, he was not an interpreter of the dream. At that time, he was just a young boy being obedient to his father and going out and checking on his brothers. They devised that master plan to put the, throw him into the pit and they went an extra mile to make it look like he indeed was taken by a wild beast by dipping his coat of many colors into a pit. Now Joseph has done the same thing to them. Persuasively making them humble themselves. And I imagine 
Now I imagine, I know that Joseph would never been able to do any of this stuff with God not being with him because God gets the glory out of everything. But the first time he called them spies, threw them in jail for three days. He knew they weren't spies. But that bitter, that heart and heart. Plus he wanted to get some information. He wanted to see if he, if they had done to his younger brother what they had done to him. Now he's fed him, gave him food, laughed with him. He's laid eyes on Benjamin. Now he slipped his silver cup into Benjamin's sack and has accused the younger brother of being a thief, but all for only personal reasons. He wants to keep Benjamin with him. He doesn't want to send Benjamin back. He could care less it seems about the other brothers and, and in fact they have done him wrong and I imagine we do that as people we can't sit around and say that sometimes we don't think like this we all fall out of the will of God each and every day with a thought or action but God is still gonna have his way whether you want him to or not When we return on Monday, we find out, or even perhaps tomorrow, you never know if it be in God's will. When we return, we'll find out that Joseph, he does reveal himself unto his brothers. He can't hold it anymore. That's God having his way with Joseph, unheartening that heart. He's found out everything that he needs to know, as well as one important tidbit. Have you noticed that Jodah has thrown himself not only at the mercy of his father, but as well at the mercy of Joseph? Judah has thrown himself, has volunteered himself up, not once, but twice at the mercy on Benjamin's behalf. Something that they should have been doing all along as big brothers. Something that Reuben had already told them. Reuben had already told them. I told you not to touch a hair on the young lad's head. So we'll finish this up hopefully on Monday. I'm hoping to get you guys through this, but there's no rush. Let God have his way and do what he's going to do. I hope you guys have been joining my Bible stories. I love, love, love to share it with you. I thank you. Thank you so much for your comments that you leave over on Spotify. Continue to do so. If it be in God's will, we'll be see you right back here tomorrow or Monday. Listen, listen, listen. Don't forget to get yourself into a Bible-based church this weekend. Get some of God's word on the inside of you. And if you can't do that, read it for yourself. It's always wonderful to read it for yourself. Let God reveal something to you. Every time you read the word, you learn something different. Don't take my word for it, but enjoy the story. May it encourage you to read it for yourself, and maybe it'll encourage you to tell someone else about it. Until tomorrow or Monday, if it be in God's will, we'll see you right back here then.